You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It came on a night like any other. With power unlike anything else on Earth. Using beyond advanced active ingredients like bicyclopyrum, Acuron GT post-emergence corn herbicide is here to annihilate tough weeds. Advanced technology, enhanced control. Talk to your Syngenta retailer about Acuron GT. Always read and follow label instructions. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Today we have an honored guest, none other than John Mueller, the host, nay, the mastermind behind Google Webmaster Central's Office Hours Hangouts and a Webmaster Trends Analyst at Google Switzerland. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, John. Glad to be here, Ross. <laughs> welcome, Great. welcome. This is awesome. It's been, it's been a while since you've been on the show, isn't it? What, what was it? Like 2011, I think, right? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. I think we talked about sitemaps back then, right? <laughs> yeah. <it> was... <laughs> wow. I still can't believe it's 2011. I think uh, nobody had heard of Penguin at that time, I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any animals at that point? I don't I don't guess not. Uh, hmm. Change, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, first, to, to warm things up, are you open to uh, 10 rapid-fire questions for you about you, John? Sure. I'll try it. All right. Number one, outside of work, what do you do for fun? Um, I like to play with electronics, make little robots, those kind of things. Hey, cool. Nice. Favorite food? Oh, God, that's tough. I, I really like Mexican food, but I don't really get that here in Switzerland. <laughs> where, did you get it, where did you get to like that? Uh, I lived in the U.S. for about 10 years. And uh, as a kid, growing up, so that's where you kind of get used to, to Mexican food. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Mexican food myself. What uh, technological advance do you look forward to? 
I'm really curious to see how self-driving cars are ending up because that's something that while we don't really use that as much in Switzerland because we have a really good public transportation system, it's really interesting for me to see how that kind of will evolve and maybe change things in general around traffic. We'll see. I actually think that public transportation systems will be one of the first systems that go to, to autonomous vehicles. That and trucking industry. I think that makes the most sense from a business standpoint. That's... Yeah, I mean, it's it's an idea. I mean, once it's possible, we'll, we'll kind of see what, what picks up, what works out. Yeah. We're, we're defining the rapid-fire concept. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the last thing you searched on Google? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> I, I use Google as my bookmark, so often I'll search for something that I, I know exists out there, and I'll say, oh, you just want Google's mobile guidelines, and search for it like that instead of trying to find the address myself. <laughs> what was the last thing you searched on Bing? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a trick question. It's okay. Favorite book? Uh, I just recently read The Martian by Andy, Andy Weyer, I think. I thought that was really good. Really cool. like that. Cool. Weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Um, weirdest thing. I haven't eaten so many weird things, actually. Can't uh, think of anything specific. <laughs> Favorite Google employee perk? Favorite perk... Um, I love coming to the office with uh, so many smart people here. It, it makes you kind of feel a little bit dumb when you get here in the morning, but it's, it's really motivating. <laughs> nice. If you could meet anyone ever, who would you choose? Anyone ever. In history, you name it. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. Tough question. Next. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> what what question do you wish webmasters would ask you more often? Um, I wish webmasters would ask their users more instead of us. So a lot of times we'll see people come to us and say, "What should I do? This or that?" And we'll say, "Well, what do your users say? You know, don't ask us. Ask your users." <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Done. Painless, almost. So, gentlemen, <laughs> shall we get some questions from our awesome Google Plus community? Uh, I want you to lead away, John. So, the, of course, the big, the big discussion everywhere right now is the the mobile update coming up. And uh, Scott Van asked, he's he was really interested. He, he asked, what are the chances Google will be continuing to provide advanced notice of major updates coming in the future, um, like they did for the mobile friendly update on the twenty first? And I thought that was pretty interesting, too, that you guys gave that much notification of a new update. Is that the first time that's happened? I don't think it's the first time, and I imagine it won't be the last time, but most updates aren't the type where webmasters can really prepare. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and on the same line, is there anything specific? And by the way, I'm really glad it doesn't have an animal name yet. Um, <laughs> Is there anything specific you'd recommend that we test and make sure that we're looking at to, to prepare for this mobile update? Uh, well, I mean, the, the obvious things first, that, that your website is actually mobile-friendly. That's 
kind of the first step that you have to do. Um, the other thing I'd look at is robotic content. That's something that is a little bit not obvious to everyone in the beginning because you look at the page with a browser and it looks normal. But you, when you look at it with our tools, you realize that Googlebot actually doesn't see all of that content. And that makes it hard for us to say, well, this is really mobile friendly because we can't really tell. Sure, and you've got that great mobile-friendly testing tool. Um, it's on. I think it's Google. Is it Google Labs that does that? There, um, a, it's in Webmaster Tools, I think. Yeah. Is it? So, so when you when you run that tool, the the, the mobile-friendly testing tool, it comes up with some, you know, if you have a, if you if it's mobile-friendly, it says awesome mobile-friendly site. But if it doesn't, it gives you some things that it found, like the links are too close together, the text is too small. Are those indicators in that tool some of the things that we should be looking for? Um, related to the algorithm update. Yeah, those are exactly the elements that we're looking for. So it's it's almost like one-to-one. -one. <laughs> really hard to, to kind of beat. I think one difficulty is um, you might be checking your home page, and you might have like a set of lower-level pages that aren't mobile-friendly, despite the home page actually being OK. And that's something you can kind of see in Webmaster Tools with the mobile usability report that tells you overall over all of your site, these are the number of pages that we found that are problematic, and these are the ones that you should be focusing on. Great, great. Any chance you guys have already done the research to figure out what percentage of sites are going to be impacted by this update? Uh, we don't have any numbers on that at the moment. Okay. Just, just had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it going to be rolled out equally? Is this only the U.S. to begin with, or is it going to be worldwide pretty much immediately? It's worldwide across all languages. It's, wow. it's kind of a technical issue, so it's it's not the case that we have to kind of understand the website. If we can see it, it's mobile-friendly, then it doesn't matter if it's Chinese or Japanese or English. It's cool. yes or no. <laughs> all right. It's and, and, rare to have something that, that widespread quickly, but it makes sense to how you yeah. can do it. And, and I've gotten the question, and I, I've, I've tried to answer it, but just as long as we got you here, um, is there going to be any difference between like a responsive website versus a, a mobile version of a website? Is, or is it just whatever the mobile version is, that's what you're going to analyze? It doesn't matter. So we support three types, and if they're implemented correctly, then you can use whichever one works best for you. Uh, we recommend responsive, but... That's mostly for practical reasons. It's not that we give that any kind of ranking advantage. Um, it's essentially one of the three options that we support, and your site can rank equally well with either of these three types. That, that's, right. that's, what, that's what I said, too, so good. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> OK. Uh, you good on that subject, then, John? I think so. I think we got lots of things people have asked about. We shouldn't dwell on any one too, uh, too detailed. Well, why don't we, we jump on to the first question we got asked by my buddy Mick. Um, Mick, uh, you, did you have a chance to review these, John uh, Mueller? This, this one in particular was a, a bit advanced. Um, the one about ranking in HTTPS, is it yes. that one? Yes, OK. Yeah. All right, good. I'll just uh, read through it then here for the for listeners. Since our site had great rankings in Google, Yahoo and Bing, and then it dropped at Google at the same time Google decided to show the HTTPS version of our site. Google is showing the HTTPS version despite all of our controllable signals saying otherwise. Is this normal behavior? So in this case, I mean, I did a little research in this, and it seems that even his canonical tag says not to use the HTTPS, and yet it is. Um, what are your thoughts on that, John? So 
I guess, first of all, any ranking changes there would be totally unrelated to that canonical change. Okay. Uh, that's something where sometimes the version swaps between www, non-www, or HTTP, HTTPS, and that's something that our systems essentially handle transparently. And that wouldn't affect the ranking at all. The only exception that I see there is if it swips swaps over between like a country code top-level domain version. Because then you go from something generic to something country-specific, or from something country-specific to generic or to a different country. That could have an effect on ranking. But otherwise, sometimes we'll show one version of the URL, sometimes another. That's That, that can happen, and we keep our signals. We keep the site ranking as much as possible. So you shouldn't really see any change with traffic or ranking in that regard. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Today is an auspicious occasion. We're joined today by John Mueller, a senior webmaster trend analyst at Google Switzerland. I had I had the impression, and I guess I know it's only a suggestion, but the canonical tag <clears throat> plus you know your webmaster tool settings and all that stuff, you could state that you wanted the non-HTTP version shown versus HTTPS. I think I actually even read that in 
the uh, the help center at Google. Yeah, so the canonical tag is a kind of a signal for us. We we do look at that. We try to follow that where possible, but we don't see it as a directive. So for example, sometimes we'll see people set it up incorrectly. Sometimes we'll just have other signals that say, well, this is probably the better version. The webmaster accidentally chose that one. A really common example is if you have something like slash index HTML and you set that as a canonical, then probably the webmaster just means like the root of the home page, not the slash index HTML. And that's the kind of thing that our algorithms try to kind of balance out and say, well, we have these signals for this version, these signals for the other version. Uh, which one should we pick? And yeah. looking, looking at this specific case, it's pretty much on the edge, and our algorithms are kind of saying, well, both would be OK, but in the past we had HTTPS, so instead of switching back and forth all the time, we'll just keep stick to that. Is, okay. is, there, is there ever an instance in Canonical where you have, let's say you're syndicating content across multiple sites, and you canonical it to your primary site, that there could be signals or something else that say, no, we're not going to use the Canonical to the primary. This other version of this page looks like it's more important to us. Because I've seen that occasionally, and I was wondering what would cause something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's tricky. There is one aspect there that might be kind of misleading in the sense that uh, in order to process the canonical, we have to first index that page. So if there's a canonical pointing to a different version, uh, we have to first index the page that has the canonical tag, then we process it and forward the signals. So if you have that across different websites and you do a site query, then potentially we'll show you that page even though it has a canonical pointing to a different page. Because we see, well, you're specifically searching for this URL, and we know that it exists, and we have it indexed at some point, so we'll show it to you. Gotcha. So that's something where you're kind of looking for something that you don't actually want to find, and we'll just show it to you because we think we're doing you a favor, and it probably just confuses you. And, and, uh, and the only place I've really seen this is in Google News, which is a separate algorithm altogether anyway, so there's probably yeah. other factors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. <clears throat> I, I, I don't mean to be a bulldog here, but in, in, since you're talking about the HTTPS issue, um, okay, so Canonical is just a suggestion. We all know that. But if they're also staying in Google Webmaster Tools and every other signal not to use DHTPS, but it is still being used, is, is there no way to, to change that if, if the client in this case requ requests that? Um, the best way to handle that would be do, to do a 301 redirect. I don't think they're doing that in this case. Uh, the tricky part with Webmaster Tools is you can specify www or non www in Webmaster Tools, but you can't specify HTTP or HTTPS. Yeah. Right. So maybe they're picking the www version, and we're saying, well, we'll pick the www version as well, but we have the HTTPS www version that we're showing. <laughs> okay, good enough. Thanks. Um, now, uh, Scott, my uh, senior SEO here at Step Forth, asked uh, for a feature improvement. <laughs> Google Webmaster Tools, he was, he was cranking me the other day. He says, 
wouldn't it be great if there was a method of verifying the w so the triple w or non triple w version of a website um, all at once when you're verifying your domain with the Google Webmaster Tools um, versus versus, uh, versus having to do the site separately. Um, it would be nice because I know in ter terms of agencies, it's a nightmare having so many duplicates. You have the duplicate uh, site, which is really unnecessary from our point of view. Um, and I would imagine, but 99, well, maybe not 99, but 95% of sites don't really have a separate site on either site. What is the reasoning for making it like this? Um, it's mostly historical in the sense that these are technically different host names. So theoretically, you could have different content there, even though most sites tend to have the same content there. And I think at some point in the future, we're going to have to figure out a better way of handling that. But at least for the moment, you kind of have to add them separately. The good thing there is, for the most part, if you have the verification method in place, you can just add the URL and it'll just add it. You don't need to kind of do that dance again with the file or the meta tag. Yeah, at least with yeah, exactly. The Google Analytics bit was a nice addition, so you, you just say yes, it's it's already there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you want to go for the Bill Cook question? Sure. Sure. We have a question from Bill Cook related to content marketing. Uh, he says content marketing for brand and link building is hot topic, um, but it's an ever changing topic. Um, he has a question. Basically, what approach would you take to help increase the right audience to a site to keep it engaged and eventually take action? And I have to first. Um. Hard. Let me let me see. And maybe my maybe my follow-up question will help because okay. <laughs> realistic, realistically, in you know when we talk about content marketing, it's people paying to have content placed somewhere mm -hmm. or sponsoring content. And are there any specific precautions or recommendations related to this that you you could share, or you know more specifically, when are you guys going to consider this paid paid marketing and then have us completely you know block it or eliminate it from search? Um, I mean, if, if you're paying to put your content on another website, then essentially that's, from our point of view, that's fine, except for the links. Because if you're essentially paying to have links to your website placed on someone else's website, then that's something we would call an unnatural link, essentially a paid kind of link. Mm -hmm. So we recommend that you have like the nofollow tag attached to those links. So, so, so there's nothing there's nothing wrong. So let's say I put a piece of content on a site. We know follow the links in the content, but the content then starts getting shared a lot socially. And now we get these social signals based on a paid piece of content. So that's that's still acceptable, that's fine. Even that's that's fine. I mean that's okay. essentially kind of like having an advertisement somewhere and people like your advertisement and they share it, right? So from from my point of view, that's that's not something that you'd have to worry about. It's really primarily the links that it's not the case that you're placing these links yourself and they're passing page rank. So having the nofollow there is essentially what we're looking for. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The 
internet marketing ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. All-Inclusive Marketing is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in all-inclusive marketing means award-winning leadership, excellence in results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. We are uh, here today with John Mueller, a senior webmaster trends analyst at Google Switzerland. And uh, thanks again for joining us. This has been great, and I really appreciate you making some time today. Without it's a great doubt. to be here. We got some uh, great questions from uh, Mark Taylor, one of the moderators on our uh, SEO 101 community. Uh, and they're based on ranking factors. He says, do off-site fa- factors such as citations and strong social networks like Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus have any impact on rankings? Uh, we don't use social signals in ranking. So that's, I, I guess that's uh, the easy answer there. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of signals that are kind of built up on, on sites like Twitter, Facebook, where Google Plus, wherever you're active. And I think... That's something that might make a lot of sense for a website in the in the terms of marketing, and that you're bringing your business, your your ideas out to a broader market, a broader audience, and maybe they'll essentially recommend that content further and provide links 
those kind of things for you. So it's not the case that we'd be using the social signals directly, but if you're using this as a way of building an engaging audience and they in turn recommend your site in a way that we can pick up from our signals, then that's that's a great thing. So 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 why don't you use social exactly. signals? Good. Thank you for asking. Because <laughs> it, it makes it makes perfect sense that that would be a great way to assign authority to a web page or 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 a website itself because or verify it. Or yeah. verify. I mean, why aren't you doing that? Or why aren't you doing it yet? I should say. I don't know. It's it's really hard. But one of the big aspects there is that this is like a ton of data, and it's really hard to figure out which part of these social signals are relevant and which parts aren't. And even if you're looking at um, things like who who is actually sharing this content. That's a lot of times it's data that we don't even have access to. So if they're sharing this on Facebook, we don't have access to that data. If they're sharing this on Twitter, then we might not have access to any of that if it's not something we can pick up through our normal crawl. So it's, I, th I think it's interesting, but it's it's a really hard problem to solve. And I don't think at the moment it provides that much value that the engineers are going to go, OK, well, We'll figure out how to import all of Facebook in real time into Google because there are just lots of policy and logistical issues around that. Now, would there be an argument that Google Plus does have some effect, considering the fact that um, people do see that? I mean, obviously, it's people who they follow. I mean, there is a, a, a relevance in. Okay, this might have changed, but from what I understand and I've seen, when you're doing some searches, you'll see. Google Plus content appear of people you're following. I mean, that's essentially social signals affecting rankings, right? That's uh, for personalized search, though. So that's not something where that would be affecting like the search results overall. It would just be for those people who are essentially active there. Okay, and so that. Okay, and I, and I guess in that case, you do have a fairly clear signal. Wouldn't that also be something you could use for regular results, and it would make sense to? I guess the tricky part there is not everyone is using Google Plus in that way. And if you're taking kind of as a ranking signal something that is, I don't, I don't know how many, but like I assume a small group of the overall internet audience is actually using, then that can kind of skew the results. So hmm. that's something where I think we, we have to be careful, and we have to be careful to be fair. We, we shouldn't just say, well, this is our system, therefore everyone must use it. It's We, we kind of have to be fair and neutral with regards to what we use when it comes to search. OK, John, you got to have a follow-up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you putting the pressure on me? No. <laughs> I was begging um, for one, that's all. <laughs> no, and... and uh, uh, I, I honestly, I, I <laughs> Ross is going to hate me for this, but I don't disagree with that. I actually, oh, think I don't it, either. <laughs> just... yeah, I think it's the right way to go. I still think that there's, there's, there are signals in social that can be valuable. I know because we we use, if you look at it like citations in local search, you know, people a citation is a mention of a of a nap, and that has weight because the more people mention the nap, the more a stronger a signal. Well, the more people mention a brand or the more people share a piece of content, that that's to me that seems like a signal that could be used to help influence you know the validity and authority behind behind a piece of content. So 
Um, I understand your points completely, and I really appreciate them. But but I tell people that you know, Google's not using social signals yet. Would you agree with the yet? Is it something you think is going to come down the pike someday? I don't know. Maybe maybe not. It's I I on the one hand I I can't make any promises looking forward like that. So don't take anything with a grain of salt. But um, I think. To, to some extent, there, there could be really interesting signals that could be pulled out of that. Uh, to another extent, if uh, we can pull out the same kind of signals through other means, then maybe we don't have to go through like this, this complicated social signals type of thing. Yeah. So for example, if we see that something is recommended a lot on social also results in a lot of links, then we're already pretty good at tracking links and understanding how what they mean. So why should we? do essentially something in parallel to that. Well, yeah. I have a, actually have an answer for that. So <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying for a while now that you know social will end up at some point someday, to me, taking over that authority piece. Because you know right now, the authority is really derived by the link, the, 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 the landscape of links on the internet, right? A, that landscape is shrinking dramatically because people aren't sharing stuff via links as much as they used to. They've moved over to the social space to do that. So that's a signal that that might be the place where we look for authority. Authority now. Second is, as you are well aware, as everybody probably listening to this show is aware, we have learned as an industry how to manipulate links. Not a good thing, don't recommend it, but it happens. It would be much, much harder for a webmaster or an unethical SEO to manipulate an entire social grid than it would be a handful of webmasters. So that's another reason I think moving to that space for authority makes much more sense than relying on links long term. It's possible, yeah. I I don't know. I wouldn't argue that something is impossible to manipulate because there are lots of very smart and creative people out there. Well, I did say impossible. I said harder. Yeah. Harder. harder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there, there are lots of people that, that work on doing things the right way, and they, they focus on making great content and making great websites that people just naturally love, and I think that's something that our algorithms should try to figure out and understand. And maybe there are social signals that, that are important there to kind of pick up on that. But at the same time, I guess uh, for webmasters, it's not something where I'd say you should focus on this because it's an algorithmic factor. Maybe you should focus on it because that's what your audience is. Or maybe you shouldn't really focus on it because your audience is doing something completely different. Stay tuned next week for another episode of SEO 101 for part two of Ross Dunn and John Carcutt's conversation with Google's John Mueller. Look for the SEO 101 community on Google+. New episodes of SEO 101 can be found every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just 2 bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. 